I would recommend that I think if you can find a job or a position, if, if you're junior and making this switch, I think it's so much better for you if you can find a role where you will be surrounded by a team of experienced people to kind of help and guide and, and mentor you. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creatives like you. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. And it always throws me off and I also kind of love it when you switch up the intro like that. It's good. We've got to keep things fresh, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. In this week's episode, speaking of keeping things fresh, uh, I didn't even plan that segue, but uh, we're going to be talking about switching disciplines and shaking up your career a little bit. Both Femke and I in our design careers have made a bit of a switch. I moved from focusing on print design to focusing on web design. And Femke, you recently made the switch from being in marketing communication side of design to working on the product. So we're going to talk about making that switch, how we went about it, because it feel, can feel like a whole new career sometimes, you know, making this this change. So yeah, we're going to share our advice, what we learned along the way and, and how we went about it. First though, how's your week been? I know you're going to Mexico uh, soon, so things must be yes. pretty busy for you. Yes, I'm going to Mexico tomorrow. So my week has been really, really busy work-wise, just making sure the team is completely ready to go. We've got our prototypes ready that we want to test. So yeah, it's been really busy, but I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to the trip. And so first we're going to Mexico City and then we're going to Sao Paulo in Brazil, which Ooh. I have never been to Brazil before. So I'm pretty excited. I hope the food is going to be good. So yes, it's been a busy week work-wise and I've been still, I know that it's kind of late in January now, but I'm still kind of planning out my year and Owen and I have been doing this together with a workbook from Sean Blank. I don't know if I've talked about this already on the show, maybe I have, so sorry if I'm repeating, but Owen and I downloaded this workbook from Sean Blank and it's called something like plan your year guide and we're basically working through it together as a couple and writing down sort of like any milestones or highlights from last year and also like goals and events that are happening this year and sort of trying to align them and seeing what matches and what doesn't. It's actually quite interesting when we sit down and we each take five minutes of silence to like write down our goals and then we compare them as always Super interesting to see what things we have the same and what things we don't have. So yeah, I'm kind of still doing that right now. We want to finish off our sort of goals and year planning before I jump on a plane tomorrow. And yeah, I'm also like starting to work out some of my content that I'm going to do this year and getting back in the habit of writing and things like that after taking a bit of a break. So yeah, things are busy, getting back in the rhythm, back in the routine. My bullet journal is starting to be used again. It kind nice. of got put aside for a little while, you know, over the break. But yeah, things are going going good. Glad to hear it. Yeah, I feel like my year has gotten off to a slow start as well. And I feel like January is nearly over, actually, by the time this episode comes out. But yet I still don't have everything in line. I'm really just thinking about my first three months of the year at the moment um, and I don't know what I'm actually going to be able to fit in because it looks like I'm only going to be spending I think three weeks at home um, in between 
<laughs> so in between recording our last episode and this one, Fem, uh, Mark and I have booked a trip to Japan, which is going to be super what? fun. We leave at the end of March. Oh my god! And we're going to be there over Easter, and I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I feel like this year I want to like just make sure I'm enjoying life as much as possible. Um, I I do want to make sure I don't swing too far into the you know play hard of the work hard play hard balance. You know, I do. There is still a lot I want to get done, but yeah. I, I want to make sure that I'm not saying no to these, like, opportunities and things while we're young and we, you know, have the means and time to travel. I want to make that time. Uh-huh. So, yeah. My first half of the year is going to be pretty busy traveling, but I do intend to work in a little bit of website redesign in there as well because you know me Always. and I can't not do anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been talking about redoing your website for a little while now. I have. Do you Do you have a plan for how you're going to do that? Yes, and I think what's going to help me do it is that I'm going to be making a video series as I go through the process. So I'm planning on starting that off next week, well, this coming week, uh, filming a video where I plan it out. So I'm going to like basically create, not the wireframe for the site, but more like the site map of planning out what pages I'm going to need and where I'm going to start for like the MVP of this new site. And yeah, I think documenting it along the way is really going to help me get it done because I'll know that there's, you know, People have seen me start this site, and so now I need to show them the end product. And yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to document it along the way. Uh-huh. Oh, so cool. You are so busy. I can't believe it. Was was your Japan trip kind of like a spontaneous, let's book a trip to Japan? Or were you thinking about it already for a while? We had been thinking about it. Um, and I think they've got, I think it's the Rugby World Cup and also the Winter Olympics coming up in Japan in the next couple of years. And so we were like, oh, it's only going to get busier. It's only going to get more expensive. It's, you know, it's highlighted to more of the world and, you know, more people want to go. It's already getting pretty popular. We've heard a lot of people talking about it recently, which is, I guess, why we were interested. So, yeah, we were just like, let's just do it. Over Easter, Mark has, you know, four days off work in a row. I have four days off work in a row. We can just mm-hmm, add in mm-hmm. a little bit of extra time and done. We can have a nine-day trip. So, Nice. I hear that's a really good time of year to go there as well in like the spring when all the flowers are there and oh so jealous can't wait to hear about it yes I can't wait to experience it and then tell you all about it (laughs) (laughs) shall we move into today's topic enough talking about our travel um yeah because we could talk about travel all day yes maybe that could be a separate podcast that we make one time (laughs) (laughs) but this switch in careers um I'm keen to know what spurred the change for you to start this off. For me, I felt like I was being a graphic designer in a marketing team, mostly working on brochures and things like that. I was starting to get into a little bit of digital stuff and doing some like, you know, digital graphics for Facebook and like designing like a little Facebook app that we built. I don't know if those are still a thing, but yeah, that was fun. That was my first like foray into digital design, really. And I just figured that the web was where the future was at and I enjoyed it more than dealing with printers and all that. So mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to make the move to. And so I knew I had to make it happen. So that's what spurred the shift for me. What was it for you? I think when I sort of, so I naturally started working in tech because you worked, first of all, at, uh, was it Mitsubishi that you mm-hmm. that you were first working so at as like, a print designer? Uh, consumer appliances, I guess, would be yes. the term for yes. it. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so I jumped straight into Zero, which is online accounting software. And while I wasn't doing design there, I was doing customer support. I was still studying. It kind of like opened me up to this new 
industry, I guess, mm-hmm. this new world of tech. And while I didn't really have much to do with design while I was working at Zero, I kind of like, you know, was exposed a little bit to what's a product team, what's an engineering team, things like that, that I hadn't really like heard of or been familiar with before. And then so after Zero, I was like, okay, well, I want to stay in tech because it looks like fun. Uh, but I was still in this mindset of doing sort of marketing, communications, design. That's what I'd been studying and what I was really interested in. And I saw that that could apply to tech because that's what you were doing at Zero, right? You yes. were in the marketing design team at Zero. So so I was like, cool, there is a possibility to do marketing design in the tech world. So that's what I went for. And I don't know, I as I was doing marketing design, I was working closely with the product team when I joined Atomic, you know, kind of working side by side, like they would create new features and then I would sort of help market it and release it, things like that. And I just over time, I guess, got more and more interested in the product design side and the technical side of design and how how you actually design these digital products and software. And I, I mean, I just got more interested and more exposed with it and sort of, I don't know, I guess I gravitated towards it and saw it as more of a challenge and more of a problem solving challenge that I was really interested in and I liked that it wasn't or that it isn't I suppose I should say purely visual focus you know there's also a lot of like user experience focus uh, and how does it flow and and behind the scenes stuff that is also really important and needs to be designed and so yeah that's kind of what attracted me to it and I sort of set off from there trying to find something that would allow me to do that full time. Nice and how difficult did you find the switch like what was your first thing you did when you realized you wanted to make this change like how where do you start (laughs) it is really hard especially for me wanting to move into product design and sort of trying to find a way to learn that or teach that myself whether it's online or going to workshops locally and things like that is is hard Uh, there is not actually that many resources I've found if you're wanting to get into product design yourself there is a lot of articles like All you have to do is go to Medium and there's like hundreds of articles and writing about it. But there's not, at least what I found is is not really anything practically that teaches you practically how to to do product design. So I basically just talked to people, tried to learn as much as I could by reading, tried to sort of practice it a little bit myself. And I mean, I really, honestly, like I... I never had done really like a project that was about product design. And so instead, I really tried to highlight like in my portfolio when I was applying for product design roles, uh, I tried to sort of highlight the projects that I had and either try and bring in UX related elements into the project. Or I think I had one UX project in my portfolio that I'd done previously and so I really tried to highlight that one and talk about the things that I've learned from that and how I can apply that to other projects yeah it was really hard I have to say it was difficult and I did feel like I was taking a leap of faith and I felt like I was a marketing designer applying for a product design role which Mm. you know your chances are pretty small because you don't have the experience in the background so yeah it was really hard and I just kind of 
tried to immerse myself as much as I could in the product design world by going to local meetups, talking to local product designers, learning about their process, reading a lot online, listening to podcasts, you know, just talking to people and trying to soak up as much as I could. That sounds very similar to what I did as well with my portfolio, moving from print to web. I had only, I think, two website design projects in there and neither of them were for like actual clients, you know, Mm -hmm. and so... I just tried to highlight them as best I could and talk about how I believed my print design knowledge would apply to web design and like why it would make me a good web designer in the interview. We had Melon from our community actually ask a question on, on this topic of like, where do you start? She said that she would feel a bit hesitant in searching for a job in a different area because she feels like she would immediately be looked over because she was coming from a different background. And I definitely had that fear when I was applying for this web design role at Zero. I was like, well, why would they even care about me when I only have like two websites in my oh, portfolio yeah. and they're both personal projects when I know that there's so many people out there who are designing websites for clients already? Like, do I even have a shot? And I think that both you and I are testament to the fact that you can have a shot. And if you are good enough and if you, like, are passionate enough and willing to learn and you can see how your current skills will apply to this new role, then you can kind of convince the interviewer of that fact and you can be in with a shot. Yeah, I focused on two things quite a lot when I was applying. And the first was my experience in working in tech, Mm -hmm. right? I had already worked at Xero. I'd worked at Atomic, both tech companies. And so, you know, I'd been exposed to working alongside engineering teams and product teams and kind of had an idea of what tech is and what it looks like and how it operates. So I I focused on that. And then I also focused on similar to what what you just said is the existing skills and the skill set that I have, which yes, while it may come from a more marketing design background rather than a product design background can apply to product design. And so I focused a lot on like the experience that I have, you know, I, I highlighted workshops that I'd given in the past, conferences I'd spoken at, which For example, like you get public speaking skills, you learn how to communicate your ideas and your designs. And so I talked a lot about skills that I'd learned and how I could apply that to, you know, this new role or this new discipline that I was applying for. I think it depends on the role you're applying for too, because I'm just um, thinking about this role that we've got open currently at ConvertKit for a UX designer. And we specifically Mm -hmm. want someone who has experience designing software and has experience like coding pages, this is not really going to be a role for someone to come in and learn from the ground up. Like it won't really suit a newbie because we need to move fast and there's a lot of projects on and there's just not the time and teaching space to, you know, train someone from, from the very start. So we need an experienced person in this role. And that happens. There are roles where experience is needed, but there are definitely roles out there where people and teams, especially, I think it's, Companies that have perhaps a design team rather than just looking for a single designer, you know, uh, they will have the time and space to train someone up if they can see that you're really talented in the area of design that you're currently in. They'll be able to see that the bits that can be applied to, you know, whatever it is that you're looking to move into. And so I think it's about finding the right role out there to apply to and... Perhaps if you're getting a lot of no's, it's not because of your portfolio or because you're new. It's just because they're not the right roles yet. And perhaps you've got to wait a little longer for them to come around. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I feel pretty lucky with the role that I got at Uber because, you know, I had no previous product design background, so it really was sort of a leap of faith and getting them to trust me and believe in me that I could do this and and do this role. And I've been super lucky to join a team of super talented product designers. You know, some of them have been doing it for 10 years and I just feel every day surrounded by these super talented people and, you know, some of them have been mentoring me a little bit, offering guidance and sort of helping me along the way. And yeah, that's, that's just really, really nice. And I feel lucky that, that, that I could find that role to, to be in this position where they could afford to get me to come in as a junior designer, not just you know, financially, but, you know, it takes time to, to train me and to teach me the ways and how things work. So, you know, they, they had that space to bring me in in that way. And yeah, I mean, the benefit for me is I just get to learn from a super talented team. So I've been really lucky to be able to find that role. And so I guess like, I, I agree with you that you know, if you're getting lots of no's, maybe it is just not the right role for you. And I I would recommend that I think if you can find a job or a position, if, if you're junior and making this switch, I think it's so much better for you if you can find a role where you will be surrounded by a team of experienced people to kind of help and guide and, and mentor you as opposed to you know, say someone is wanting to make the switch into product design and and jumps into this convert kit role that you that you have at the moment, and there's no one there to kind of guide you or mentor you. You're kind of thrown into the deep end, right? I mean, that can also be can be beneficial because you sort of hit the ground running and have to learn as you go. But it can also be really scary and really hard. And I don't know. I've enjoyed jumping into this where I'm surrounded by a team of supportive people as opposed to jumping into it like completely in the dark and feeling all of this responsibility to kind of learn on my own. Yeah, totally. You need that team around you when you're new at something, I think, to be able to coach you and guide you and just be there to give feedback as well. And yeah, just help you along the right path. And I think it helps you build your confidence as well in what you're doing because you can kind of see even just knowing what software they use on their computer, you know, if you peek over their shoulder or whatever, uh-huh. and I don't know, see some little plugin that they're using in Sketch and you can ask them about it. It's those sorts of things that are harder to get when you're by yourself or, or you know, you're the only designer oh, on yeah. the team perhaps and there's no designer above you to give feedback. It's just like a marketing manager or something, you know. So, yeah, team atmosphere is great. Exactly. And I have those moments all the time. Like even just this week, I was creating a flow, like laying out all of my screens and sort of drawing arrows like, you know, the screen goes to here. And I was getting a bit overwhelmed and confused because there were so many screens and it was looking so messy. You know, I'm sure you can picture this in your head. (laughs) And uh, one of the designers on on my team was was noticing my, my struggle and he he gratefully stepped in and, and suggested or, or shared, I guess, his way of how he does it and how he lays it out and it makes it a bit more logical. Like I just started from screen one, screen two, and he had this more logical way of, of outlining it. And it's little things like that that you that, that I'm super grateful for as as a junior designer joining a team and and being new to this sort of new uh, area and discipline of design that I have found super, super helpful. So yeah, it's been, it's been really nice. And I would recommend that if you can find a really, really awesome team to sort of help uplift you, that, you know, that's just so beneficial. It really goes a long way. 
and perhaps even if you can't find a team it's finding like a meetup group or something full of other people who do that profession so that you can sort of feel like you're learning from people who are better than you because I think we all always want to be learning from people better than us right isn't there that saying that if you're the most like if you're the smartest person in the room you need to go find another room or something like that uh-huh, uh-huh. because <laughs> yeah. you've reached your peak okay so it's time to move on and, and find somewhere else and I, th- I guess that's kind of what I felt like with print design I mean I'd only been doing it for oh, perhaps a year and a half or something out of university But I felt like, I don't know, I couldn't see where this was going for me in the future. I felt like I wasn't excited about it. And that's how I knew I had to make a change because I'm still excited about doing web design and doing marketing design. There's always new projects coming up and and things like that that challenge me and make me excited to do my job. And that's what's important, I think. So it sounds like both of us, when we were kind of making this transition, only had one or two projects in our portfolio mm. that were related to the new design discipline that that we wanted to get into. I guess I don't know, maybe we should talk about portfolio for a second or because it feel I feel like a lot of people that I've talked to get really hung up on this and feel like if they don't have, you know, or they feel like that everything in their portfolio has to be you know, in relation to the thing that they want to apply for in order to even feel worthy of applying. And I mean, you and I are proof that we just had one or two and and we still kind of made it. So I don't know. Do you have any comments there about like, what if you don't have anything in your portfolio related to the new discipline you want to move into? Like, how do you get it in there? What kind of projects should you take on? I don't know. Any thoughts there? Yeah, I have a couple on this. Where should I start? I think first to your note of if you don't have anything, if you don't have the passion and the discipline to give yourself a project to like learn and be trying things on your own time, then perhaps this is not the best career move for you. So I think you should definitely have at least one project in there that's related, even if it is just one you set yourself. If it if this new discipline is something that you're passionate about, you'll find the time, you'll find the project. Obviously, you're going to probably need to do more than one project to get one good enough to go in your portfolio, perhaps, if this is brand new to you. But I think it's worth the time because it can really help you in getting into the career you want. And I think also with portfolios and the types of projects in them, perhaps it's something to do with the proportion. Do you know where I'm going with this? We're like, so I had mm, perhaps I think so. two web design projects and then maybe five print projects in my portfolio. Whereas if I'd had the two web design projects and then like 20 print projects, they would have really overwhelmed the web stuff and would have made it really obvious that print is what I've mostly done uh, in my career so far. So I think being really selective and just picking a small number of projects where, you know, an even smaller number than that, as it turns out, is the discipline that you wanted to move into. But maybe choosing that the other projects as well in the portfolio I always think from an interview situation, right? I'm always like, how am I going to talk about this in an interview? Because even if I'm only Uh applying, I want to be hopeful and I want to like assume that I'll get in the room with someone. That's always a good frame of mind to have, you know. So I made sure the projects that I had in there that I could talk about how it would relate, I thought, to the job and the role that I was applying for. So like my strength in typography, for example, websites still need typography and a good handle on typography as well you know because things still need to be legible things still need to be understood and like information digested in a certain way so 
I feel like as I'm saying this that I basically talked my way into this job, but hey, <laughs> that's not a bad thing, right? Whatever gets you there, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it is, I think. You have to be able to justify your work and justify your skills as well and how you think and how you envision them transferring. Because also with design, you don't want everyone to be exactly the same, right? And I think, anyway, maybe I'm biased because this is me, but I think that having skills in different disciplines that you can perhaps bring across to other, you know, and like cross-pollinate your skills between disciplines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes you more interesting and perhaps gives you more ideas as a designer because you have this different background, right? And you have this different way of working that perhaps someone who learned web design from the get-go and has never done a piece of print work in their life thinks differently to me about things. And so, yeah, think of it as your unique skill and your unique thing that you can bring to the discipline. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such good advice. And I would also probably recommend, like, if you're feeling really stuck and not sure what to add to your portfolio or how to add the the skill you want to be doing to your portfolio, is to just do some desk research. Like, have a look at the portfolio of a designer who is in a position that you want to be in or something mm. similar like that and see what they have on their portfolio. How do they structure their portfolio items? What do they say in the case study about the portfolio? What kind of things should be highlighted and important? I think you know I've seen portfolios where the designer just sort of presents the work, like here's all the final mock-up images sort of thing. And, you know... When I was applying for product design roles and I did my desk research on what product designers had in their portfolio, they have very detailed case studies, all the behind the scenes of like the process and the methodologies that they use. And so I knew that I, that's, you know, that's something that I could aim for with my portfolio pieces. So yeah, do a bit of research as well and, and look at how to best present your work. Yeah. I love that advice, especially the idea of looking at people who are already in the discipline because it sort of gives you a standard to aim for and perhaps gets you to learn the language as well that they use. No one's expecting you to know everything immediately when you're new to this. And I don't think you should pretend to be super experienced or anything like that. It's okay to be new as long as you're showing like that you have an attitude to learn and that you ha- you're hardworking and you're already making an effort. You're not waiting to get the job before you start learning this new discipline, you know? You're already learning the lingo, you're doing the reading. Maybe you can bring up an interesting new trend you've spotted or something in the interview, I don't know. Anything to to just show them that I may not be working in this world just yet, but I am a part of it and I'm like making myself a part of it. Yep. We also had a question from Zach that I want to read out. And he asked a super interesting question that I hadn't really thought about. And I'll just read it out. And he asked, what is important to keep in mind if you ever might want to switch back? Are there elements of your portfolio or CV that you maintain, even if they're out of date, just in case you might want to switch back to print or marketing design again in the future? Hmm. This was an interesting question. Because I, I don't know, something in me knew when I moved to web design, I was like, I'm pretty much done with being print full time. And especially going into a marketing design role, I knew I would get some elements of print, which was great. And I feel like I've sort of over the however many years I've been a designer, been like phasing out the amount of print work that I do. But yeah, I never really considered going back. But 
I think if that's something that you're thinking about, the same thing can apply again, right? All the advice that we've given for switching could be given for switching back, you know, thinking about the new skills that you've learned in this discipline and how they can apply to the previous one you're switching back to. Um, having a mix of work in your portfolio is absolutely fine. Perhaps you might want to do another personal project that is more up to date if it's been, you know, a few years since you were last in that discipline. But yeah, I, I think personally anyway, that the same advice could be given for switching back. What do you think about that? My kind of like outlook on life, I guess, is that I always just think about moving forward and, and the future. So for me, moving forward is product design. And so I'm, I don't want to get hung up on thinking about maybe wanting to jump back because I feel like that might put a barrier on my growth going forward, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Like, like I, to me, I, I would rather put 100% of my energy and focus into this thing and like going forward and what I want to do and like really do that to my best ability, then sort of hinder that by thinking about, oh, and I guess I should still like do some web now and then or keep this marketing project on my portfolio or, or things like that. I think if, if the time comes that you want to switch back suddenly, then like you said, Charlie, the feedback or the advice that we've just given, I think can be applied and you know, you'll have the benefit of already having these projects that you can sort of bring bring up again or revive from the dead, I suppose, if, if it makes sense to do that rather than having to, you know, create something new. So, yeah, I think my advice would just be to focus on moving forward and focus on what you want to be doing next rather than kind of hanging on to this this baggage behind you, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm a big fan of like moving forward in one direction and if you realize it's the wrong one just turn the corner and move forward in that direction like uh-huh. i i think that you can really get yourself like dragged down by the weight of like worrying about your decisions and worrying if it's the right one and so moving forward and just trusting yourself and trusting your gut if your gut is saying this is what i want to be doing right now then go forward and do it. And if your gut is saying, "Mm, perhaps I'm not quite ready to leave this behind yet, that's okay too. You can like keep up doing it on the side if you want to and while you try out this new avenue. But just make sure that you are giving things a good, like a good solid try (laughs) and that you are putting your all into it. And you don't want the reason that this new discipline works out. No, wait, you don't want the reason that this new discipline doesn't work out to be that you weren't putting all your focus and attention and like trying your best at it. I know that's that's not Zach's situation. That's not what he's asking, but that could be valid for someone else who's thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes as designers, like you said, you learned about the tech industry and how it works when you started in customer support and you were, you know, seeing how the company worked. Sometimes it can be hard to know what other options are out there, right? Like, what's out there what what's possible for me in design a lot of people like we've talked about many times you graduate university and in in there they've mostly been talking to you about agency life and then you discover that there's all these other options available I think that's why having your mind be open and be open to changing disciplines is a really good thing because it's pretty darn lucky if the very first job and like discipline you fall into once you finish studying or, you know, when you're newly trained, self-taught, whatever, if that's your final one you're going to end up in, I think that's pretty lucky. 
So I think we all should have our minds open to change and just be learning about our industry and what our peers are doing, not just in our own discipline, but in others as well, just to see what's out there. Yeah, this is a good point, actually. And I I like to do this as well. And now that I'm I'm thinking about how I've done that in the past, and I realized that I did this by going to meetups that weren't really applicable to my daily life, but I was kind of interested in. So, for example, I started going to the Ladies That UX Amsterdam meetup, which is a meetup about UX design, like two years ago, like way before I started doing UX. And also I once went to a couple of meetups that were like, I think it's called Hackers and Founders meetup. And I went once and they talked about, um, oh my gosh, it was something I'd never heard of. I think it was like DDoS, like DDoS attacks, which is like, I don't know, some hacking thing. And I was just like, whoa, I have no idea what this is about, but cool. (laughs) And so, yeah, sometimes I I do that by just going to these random meetups that are like, you know, kind of within my realm or my industry world, but like not necessarily directly related. And I don't know, I think that's kind of a fun way to just hear about something that is completely different. And who knows, you know, maybe you'll have have an interest in it. Like when I was going to the UX meetup, that sort of started, you know, planting the seed. And I was like, this stuff is kind of interesting. Maybe I could do that. So yeah, I think that's always a good thing to do as well. I love that. You're so good at going to meetups. I definitely need to go to more. There's oh, so many in London and... I just rarely go to them. So yeah, I need to do that some more. <laughs> so I think this is good. I've, I've enjoyed this talk. I, this shift was a long time ago now for me, I feel like. Perhaps, oh, I don't know, maybe like five or six years ago now that I that I made mm, this switch. Mm-hmm. But it's been a really good one for me. It's really paid off. Um, I, there were, I think, one last note to end on. I, I do think that you're going to struggle with imposter syndrome when you do make this discipline switch because even if you've had a few years as a designer you haven't had a few years as like this type of designer so yeah the imposter syndrome will likely hit you we've done episodes on that in the past so we don't need to go into that anymore Uh now but just know that it's expected and if you feel it you're not alone and I think it's pretty normal and it's okay to be new at things as well yeah yeah that's a good thing to keep in mind because I I mean I'm sort of six months in now to my new you know, design discipline switch and six months into Uber. And yeah, I still feel it. Imposter syndrome. I'm like, how did I get this job again? Like, how is it that I deserve to be here along these other designers in my team who have been doing this for 10 years? Like, you know, that that's definitely thoughts that, that go through my mind quite regularly. So yeah, you are not alone if you are feeling that way. I also feel it with you. And you're there, Femme, because... The people who hired you saw talent, right? Like they don't have to see that you can do specifically the type of work that you're going to be doing there to be able to know that you're a smart Mm -hmm. person. You've got a good eye for design and like understanding users. You were showing all that in different ways. So yeah, it just goes to show, like we said at the start, you don't have to have a portfolio full of projects in that discipline to be able to get a job in it. Nice. All right. Good episode, especially I think for this time of year, you know, there's probably people listening that are maybe thinking about switching sometime in 2018. I almost said 2019. Oh my gosh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Wow, you're ahead of yourself. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah new year new career that sort of thing (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so hopefully this episode has been helpful for at least one of you listening uh but maybe if it wasn't helpful don't worry we've got several other episodes that you can listen to that i'm sure will help you in some way (laughs) and where can you find those charlie head to designlife.fm you'll find all of our back catalog of episodes up there you can also just head to whatever podcast app you use and search for us in there and download whichever titles strike your fancy and if you want to chat with us or chat with other listeners of the show and sort of deep dive into these topics then head on over to designlife.fm slash community and feel free to join our community of super creative and inspiring folk that are chatting on a daily basis about design and creativity and advice and freelancing and it's a lot of fun right Yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorite places on the internet and I'm very biased, but yeah, I do do love it a lot. I love the people in there, so it's super fun. All right, chat again soon. Yep, have fun in Mexico and I'll see you next time. Thank you. Adios. Bye.